so weird, but okay. It's really <laughs> awkward. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Sarah. And this is No Sir, No Ma'am, a weekly podcast where we drag our timelines for being trash. If you want to get in touch with us, you can hit us up at nosernoma'am at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at Podcast, or you can leave us a comment on the SoundClouds where we be every time we have an episode. I was going to say every week and then I realized that's not right. Um... <laughs> Uh, anything else? Oh, you can also hit us up because we have a thing called <laughs> hashtag fix your life, which we I'm never do. I do this because I'm like reading the live comments <laughs> and they're cracking me up. I can't do this. I need to like not look. A disclaimer for the people <laughs> listening, we are doing this on Instagram live because, because why not? Um, so like I said, if you want us sure. to fix your life, you can send us your, your questions, your, your concerns anonymously to nosernomam.saraha.com. All we've been getting is spam lately. So spam do us a solid. Like someone who wanted to date Nizla. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, okay. We sure. can't help you there. Um, so please, We're your favorite aunties. We are. We really are. We're the we're the cool aunties that you want to get advice from. Right? Trust. Trust. Okay. Um, do you have any disclaimers that um, you I had a few. Uh, first of all, since we're doing this on Instagram Live, we're gonna yes. try to keep it cute. Like, maybe. Operative you know, word being try. Try. We'll try yeah. to keep it cute. Um, other than that, we are gonna talk about Black Panther. Um, oh, yeah. So if you haven't watched it, I please mean, feel free to exit. We'll give you like a little bit of silence. You know, so you can quickly exit either the live or the podcast. And also, um, I have a lot of thoughts and opinions on Black Panther that may or may not be controversial. So ooh. if you have any hate mail, you can send that to, to your, your mom. mama. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty that's much pretty it. Much, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. All right. Well, what do you want to start with? What I, I can we? I mean, in, in true no sir no ma'am tradition, we should start with um, the French trash. Okay. But I also feel like no. Well, no, we can do that. We really? can definitely do that. <laughs> She's like, I don't, I don't want to. Ma arfa gudet chino da kini ani hubban fi tradition ukid al adat wa taqalid. Okay. How about we do that? Okay. Um, do you want to start with the Chimamanda thing and oh. the journalist? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Okay. Because my this other is, story is like really messy and complicated. So let's just start with that. Okay. This is, by the way, uh, a, a bit of old news. It's not, it didn't happen that recently. But, but also, we haven't recorded recently, so... Yes, so we're covering it. Do you want to explain? Oh, do you want me to, like, set the uh, premise please, for this? Please do. Um, so, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, who is a very famous Nigerian writer, um, 
award-winning, widely published and translated writer was in France for a cultural event called La Nuit des Idées, I believe, um, where she was interviewed by a journalist about like her work and you know what it means to her and like her you know Africanism and whatever. Um, and so at one point, this journalist thought appropriate to ask her if she thinks that people read her in Nigeria. And she was like, well, mm. sure, I think, like, <laughs> I what? would think so. Um, and then the journalist jumped in and she was like, do you have libraries in Nigeria? Um, yeah. Okay. At which point, Chibamanda responded by saying that that question reflects more on French people than it does on Nigeria, which is, yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I yeah. agree. Your, your ass is showing. <laughs> yeah. It's showing. Your, your garbage is totally visible. <laughs> right. Um, so there was that. But didn't they, um, but didn't they, didn't they like spin it later to mean that she didn't mean libraries. She actually meant bookshops because Librairie in French is like blah blah blah. Mad for how do like whatever bookshops like uh huh. But right in. him, it's still the same. Like I didn't understand why. And then she came out with a statement being like, "Oh, don't be so hard on her." She was trying to be, she was trying to employ sarcasm, mm -hmm. or like satire in her question, but it like didn't fly. No, no, she didn't. Was she though? I don't think so. I think it was just like a very condescending question, and I think that was yeah. a great response because what? Yeah, and I think especially coming from a journalist who's like had to prepare this interview and who was supposed to know a little bit more about this person and like their country and whatever. Like what, what's like the basics huh? of your job, sis. That's the literally the bare minimum that you were supposed to do is I research who you were talking to and where they were from. That's it. And then not say anything like blatantly offensive to them. I, I really don't have And I don't understand why Chimamanda like, was okay. saying, was trying to like, Hinayat, you responded the way that you did in that moment. Right. You know, like, she meant well or whatever. Like, no. Right. Yeah. No. No. Anywho. Um, no. Moving on. Moving on to the next piece of French trash. I don't know if you've heard about the Syrian girl who auditioned for The Voice. I France. heard about a Syrian girl auditioning for The Voice, but that's it. It was like, the, like the country imploded, and I don't understand why. <laughs> Didn't she mishgamid bil Arabi and in English or something? Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> but there's so much more, I'm so, so many ready. more layers to this story. I'm so ready. So the story is so complicated that I'm going to refer to a BuzzFeed article that really simplifies it into Leave six it to simple to give steps. You the, the bullet points. The the just just the like, key. here's what you need to know. Um, so this young lady, um, whom they're referring to as Franco-Syrienne, uh, okay. 
So I guess it, she it, was born right. in France, but she has like oh, Syrian no. origins or something. Okay. <clears throat> um, auditioned for The Voice, like mm. the French edition of The Voice. And she did really, really well. And all the judges turned around. It was like the blind audition thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she sang Hallelujah. Um, and yeah. like some of the some of the bars, I was going to say. <laughs> like some of the, <laughs> she did some of the verses in Arabic. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and whatever, like people loved it. A lot of people were like commenting on it on um, Twitter and like other social media and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the gag is uh, she's <laughs> and then, right? Yeah. So... Her social media glory was very short-lived because some, like, alt-right groups heard about this girl and, like, it, it became insane. A thing. So what happened next is that, um, so all of these, like, you know, like, radical right-wing groups on Twitter and whatever... Um, started like creating content about her and saying that um, basically criticizing her hijab basically saying because that you know, she, France without yeah, a because she can't be on national TV um, wearing that symbol of oppression um, but it's oh. because what is like policing women's choices okay. and it's not even what they care about <laughs> they like they couldn't give no, two shits about the oppression of women or like women's rights or any of that that has nothing to do with it like it, it, i can't nothing anyway. not, not a single thing anyway um yeah, and they were like, some like Front National people were tweeting about it, and they're like, how can she be wearing that on national TV, where there's like women in Iran, you know, fighting against that same <laughs> oppression and whatever. Uh, so like, okay, cool. Um, what happened next is that these same people um, started digging into her social media history and they found what they deemed compromising tweets. Such as? Um, I'm going to try. I don't know how to translate this. You're going to have to help me. So in July 2016, uh-huh. mind you, this girl is really young. She's like 18 or something. And okay. this was two years ago. But it doesn't matter to them. <laughs> no, it exists. That's not even my problem. Like, even the content of the tweet, like, I don't understand. Um... So she says, c'est bon. Oh, yeah. So it's July 2016. So it was right after the terrorist attacks in Nice. Mm-hmm. Like the day after. And she wrote, c'est bon, c'est devenu une routine. Un attentat par semaine est toujours pour rester fidèle. Le terroriste prend avec lui ses papiers d'identité. C'est vrai que quand on prépare un sale coup, on n'oublie surtout pas de prendre ses papiers. Hashtag, prenez-nous pour des cons. Well... <laughs> So tell us how you really feel, sis. So she's basically saying that, like, like it's really strange how every time there's a terrorist attack, he just happens yeah. to have his ID on him, like yeah. all his papers and whatever, and like, right? Basically, right. like, are we dumb? A, a little we- bit like conspiracy theory, right. but right, sure, whatever. 
And so, um, the internet, like French internet, exploded because they were like, "Oh my did. God, she supports terrorism!" Um, like she should. Which is be how did TV. you get there? And then they found some like other pro-Palestinian tweets from like two and a half years ago or whatever. Which and also the whole equals pro-terrorism, apparently. Right? She said, "I don't." It was like some pro-Palestinian. Um, tweet and then some tweet where she said that um the real terrorists were the french government or whatever which personally <laughs> i have no qualms with like um, I, I i'm th- just like okay like uh-huh yeah right please All please right. continue elaborate like what do you um yeah i'm sure yeah, that it, people didn't it, like that it ugh, girl um and like the really crazy thing is that this girl was attacked so viciously, like it became such a national debate and, you know, everyone had an opinion all of a sudden and they discussed it on, (laughs) they discussed Uh it on Pipimpi, which is that really problematic show that we always drag. They had a panel about it. (laughs) French people stay having their panels about every <laughs> goddamn thing. I love it. So they had a whole ass panel about it on that show. Where they were and like, yeah, she that got crazy. Of course Because the really old lady um, <laughs> who really like old. constantly talks out of her ass said that Aslan, um, <clears throat> she didn't have to like sing in Arabic because the environment is not like, you know, Par les temps qui courent, basically. He said it wasn't necessary to sing in Arabic, you know, in, in you know this what, time though? and place. Right? You know what, though? Uh-huh. That was my first reaction. When really? I saw her video, that was my first reaction. I'm like, girl, really? But really? <laughs> really, though? No. Like, I understand. I understand why she did it. I get it. But I think mm-hmm. my reaction simply came from, like, you're going to get flamed for this. Like, well, that was yeah. really what, like, why I felt that way. Granted, right. that's not why that lady's saying that. No. Because apparently it's <laughs> not what she meant. Equals, yeah. But, like, that's, that's how I felt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, good on her. That's exactly how that went. For her bravery. But... Um, so that also... Just like, did they have the one Arab on on the panel, or no Arabs no. this time? Yeah, no, they don't have Arabs on that. Do they oh, have I'm Arabs? Sorry. I don't think so. I just felt they like they usually they have, have like the one, the token one black minority. person, but yeah. no. Okay, well then. Um. Yeah. So that happened, and like it was really, really intense to the point where she had to publicly apologize. The lady, um, or the yeah. girl. Menel, the the Syrian girl. <laughs> she apologized? Yeah. Like, she had to actually Sis. publicly apologize for those tweets and say that, you know, it was a long time ago and she was young and they don't really, you know, represent her views now and she didn't mean to offend victims of, like, terrorist attacks in France and all of that. Um, but none of what she said even could have been remotely offensive the attack still happened it's not like she's 
like questioning whether it the whole thing happened or the people actually died or whatever or she's not even supporting the cause for which they supposedly like whatever do you see what i'm saying like none of the, nothing i know exactly saying. what you're saying which is why i find this whole thing crazy because this poor young girl like i think the hate was so intense and him so she apologized and people basically didn't accept her apology because the debate continued and it was getting like more and more right. hateful and venomous. And so she had to like delete her Twitter and stuff and wow. she quit the show. She had to quit the show. Damn, dude. See, I didn't know any of that. I told My- you it was like layers upon layers of trash. And, I, and again, I, like I'm not surprised because of course. I mean, did. neither am I, but. Because she should have seen, like, not to be, not to sound insensitive, but she should have seen that shit coming. (laughs) The moment she decided she was going to sing those lyrics without a beat, she should have seen that coming. Like, France is not the country where you can do that and, 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 and get a backlash and still sort of, like, glide because you still have, like, a, 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 you know, a a proportionate amount of people who are supporting you. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not that's that's not the place. If she had done this here, I could I could have seen it go and like her continue and then be this like you know underdog, supported whatever. But Florence, right. honestly, yeah, <laughs> no. I mean, not if you're like Syrian and Mahdiba at least. Because the other yeah. interesting thing is that on that really problematic show, <coughs> when they have that whole panel, so. They talked about it one day and everyone was like, oh my God, she's terrible. How could she do that? Like, it's not responsible to have her on TV and it's disrespectful to like all the families of like attack victims and whatever. Because Lapsa Hyap. No, because like she said, whatever, that tweet or whatever. Um, So they were all kind of like ganging up in that direction. And then the next day, one young lady who works at that show, like who's on the panel mm-hmm. was like, actually I'd like to um, like discuss that whole debate again, because I think we were really unfair to her. And oh. yeah, but hold on. There's like a plot twist. <laughs> um, she was like, yeah, I think we should discuss it again because a lot, like a lot of the, opin- the opinions we had were based on like information that was circulating on Twitter that was generated by like bots and like, you know, far right mm. groups and all of that. Mm. And she's like, I don't think this girl should be judged for her tweets from two years ago. And here's the plot twist. So this girl, who's mm. on the show, um, when she first joined the show, people went through her tweets and she's had some like really borderline jokes and like kind of racist. <coughs> it can never just be clean. Just like, it can never it can just be a clean thing. <laughs> there has to be some ugly, distorted twist somewhere. It's it's but it's France. Like why am I right? expecting anything right. more? So this girl when all of these tweets came out obviously some people were like how is she even fit to be on tv like this racist bitch what is this (laughs) and 
like everyone on her team defended her and she ended up staying on the show. Of course she did. But then again, she's white. So there's that. So, you know. Um, So I think she felt bad because she could personally relate to this girl's problem. Um, So she tried to defend her, but I was just like, that's rich. Okay, girl. (laughs) Like, all right. The only Um, difference is that she got to stay on her show and this girl, after publicly apologizing, like still had to quit the voice. And flogging. Didn't even get to continue on what originally anyway. resulted in her getting publicly humiliated and flogged. Excellent. And we, so that was that. She had to quit the show. And I am Great. just confused. And Somebody baffled. earlier in the comments here on the live asked what it's like to live as a Sudanese person or as a Muslim in France. Mm-hmm. That's how. That's how. That, that, I mean, we, girls we've experience, talked about this before. We have. But, like, if you are visibly Muslim, you will have a hard time in France. That's yeah. the, that's the, that's, the moral of this story why, and every story. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what I was going to say about the story is that I'm just so confused about this country's obsession at this point with hijab like i don't get it yeah why like it is it's, such a it's become this, topic. this thing like a shama that they hang everything on and it has nothing like i said it's it also just this idea that hijab automatically represents oppression because but it's not that's, even about that. That's not. Um, I to don't me, know. What I, I, was I say. don't think. I don't think. To me, I don't think that's that's what it's about. I don't think that it really has to do. Like I said, I don't think it has to do with oppression at all. Like I don't think their problem with it hijab is purely about. Oh, this is an. Uh, you know, this is an oppressive uh, uniform. I mean, their problem with it is that it doesn't conform to their very narrow idea of what like women being free and liberated and stuff no i i honestly also don't think that that i don't think it has to do with women at all i think that um i don't we've like i said we've talked we we've talked about this before but Mm -hmm. the argument that was made to me when I was wearing like a, a headscarf, I wasn't wearing hijab. My head, mm-hmm. my hair was just in a like in a wrap, in a head wrap. Right. And my teacher was like, um, "It's not about. Uh, it's about showing like a visible symbol of religion. In France, we are a secular nation, and therefore there shouldn't be but that's any not true for like other religions. demonstration or like obvious visible." sign of what your religious beliefs are and then my my classmate was wearing a cross and he's like but I'm wearing a cross mm-hmm. so how is that different and she's like it just is because hers is like clearly visible you can hide yours under your shirt or whatever and I'm just like but nuns exist you know but like this does, and this doesn't necessarily have to be like that thing on my head doesn't necessarily mean, isn't a necessarily a symbol of my religious beliefs. <laughs> Ahmad Tariq is saying, so do they stone nuns? Well, <sighs> because nuns are cute and, you know, 
devote themselves to God, and that's their admirable. But let a woman, let a Muslim woman cover her head for God, and all of a sudden, that's, you know, she's hiding explosives under there. Al-Muhim, I'm, I'm straight on the French trash. Is there anything else that you want to add? I'm good. Great. Uh, I think we can move on, and I would like okay. to move on to... To Black Panther? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> I'd like to move on. Let's cover some, some grossness first before we get there. I'd like to move on to Florida. And whoever Florida. asked if I was in the closet, yes, I am literally sitting in a closet. Are you really? I didn't even notice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting in my niece's closet because this is the only quiet place in the house. Um, Having three kids is not a, an easy life. No, no, it is not. Uh, Florida. So as with American tradition, unfortunately, there has been another mass shooting in mm-hmm. a school. Um 17-year-old white male opened fire on people, killing 17 of them, ironically. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of them were, you know, students, and some of them were, I think two of them were teachers, maybe. Um, Since you're doing all the talking, I'm just going to have a snack. Okay. Once again, (laughs) once again, uh, opening up the debate of gun control in America and mm-hmm. how sorely it is needed, and yet, and yet, and yet, Republicans <laughs> still manage okay. to place the blame on all and everything, anything, but actual guns, guns and right. the ridiculously easy access that people have to firearms in this country. Right. Um, somebody... Uh, the, their attorney, um, of course, being that he is a white male who did this horrible act, uh, immediately jumped to the, you know, he's just a, um, he's a broken child right. and he made a mistake and he's very sorry about it. So naturally, we should all forgive him. Um, and uh, you have Republicans saying that, you know, it's not, it's not guns that are the problem. It's video games and movies that are overly violent. And Mm -hmm. this is what's causing these kids to go out and shoot up their schools because apparently video games also come with, you know, a semi-automatic weapon in the the box that you can just put together, go out to your school and reenact whatever you've seen (laughs) on Grand Theft Auto or whatever. Um, And uh, the, the president, the the alleged president of the United States, came out in a tweet, as he always does, and um, talked about how disturbed this young man obviously was to do this. Uh, Once again, placing the blame, or making it seem like he's mentally ill, and that's why he should be excused. Um, And uh, then went on... That's not all... (laughs) Yeah, that's not all he said. No, no, (laughs) ma'am. He went on to talk about how, make it all about himself, as he's so good at. And saying that, you know, if the FBI has spent more time, uh, you know, responding to this and dealing with this situation, instead of talking about Russia and investigating Russian collusion, we wouldn't be here. 
And uh, in response, mm-hmm. these unfor- you know these kids who unfortunately went through a horrific experience have to now be in the public eye, being like, "Bruh, are you serious?" Um, one of them, I don't know, she's a young 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 lady. I don't remember what her name is. Uh, mm-hmm. Please say it if you do. But she's been particularly vocal since this happened, talking about how, you know, her friends have died and whatever, and, like, we need to do something about this now. Halas, it's enough. Right. Um, and uh, responding to almost every tweet that the president comes out with about this. And she was... I, the thing I saw uh, on the news yesterday was her responding to the president being like, you know... Um, it's unacceptable, which is interesting that a child, a 17-year-old kid could be more articulate and well-spoken and diplomatic and just appropriate like than the actual I mean, at this factual point, a 4-year-old child is more eloquent than your president. I like, I don't, he's not my president, sis. <laughs> not my president. I'm just saying. Um... So she was, you know, she was on there talking about how the FBI were actually the, one of the first responders when, like, this incident happened and whatever, and they did a great job, blah, blah, blah. I'm him the FBI, which I don't care about that. Okay. What I do care about is him and her saying that, you know, you shifting the the narrative to talk about yourself and your campaign and your issues is unacceptable. And is it, and it is unacceptable. And I just, what I want to understand is why they still allow cheeto president to have a phone why i don't not, think though? it's hot ho- why his would base it? loves it forget about his base i'm talking about the people who work with like the people who are like because there are also there are also like statements and uh, coming out of the white house being like he's we keep trying to tell him to stop talking and he won't stop talking and i'm like why are you telling us this like, we care what your struggle is. You work with him. You chose to work with him. You were hired by him. He is now your responsibility. I don't understand how, like, you leaking this information to us of, like, oh, he's just a, he's a, you know, a firecracker. Or he's unpredictable. Duh. <clears throat> we know that. We've been seeing his tweets. I, know. Like, I, I just feel like most of these Republicans really don't care because at the end of the day, it just benefits their party. And that's, well, does it, though? Because he's making them look real bad. Like, I don't think in terms of... To whom? To to people who are not in that demographic. To the entire world. Like, not just people in America. I think they do. I think they're very... I think they underestimated how destructive Trump could be to the Republican Party. And I Mm -hmm. think they just don't want to admit it. Like, they're in a place where they're like, shit, we had no idea that this dude was this out of his mind. But now that we're being behind him this whole time, it looks bad for us to, like, suddenly turn on him. And they're doing that at the expense of domestic, like, safety and, like, peace and whatever. And they're doing it at the expense of... You know, uh, uh, America's already fragile, vulnerable image in the world. Like, I don't know. I really don't believe that. <laughs> I feel like you d- disagree. <laughs> I strongly disagree. I feel like the the people who put him in office 
are actually extremely happy with the way he's doing things and his policies and the way he speaks to them and all of that. And I think that as long as his core base is happy, Republicans don't really care about anything else. Like when, um, when it's he's Muslim- probably going to get a second term at this rate. Like, please don't say that. I'm certain. <laughs> if that happens, oh, hey, if that happens, America had had completely. But even like uh, just to respond to to like what you're saying and what people are saying in the comments, I think that he the people he hired are way smarter than he is, and I think the people he hired oh. actually have more control over him than 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 we are led to believe, because when uh. What was it? I'm trying to remember what the situation was. But one of his top advisors or his, his attorney or somebody threatened to quit because they're like, listen, if you keep acting like this, I'm not going to be here anymore to like try to cover for you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and he, and, and he was like, okay, okay, cool. And he mellowed out for like five seconds. But that's what I'm saying. If you guys have that much power, like if you have enough power that a threat of you quitting makes him rethink his whatever, then you have power to change his mind or to steer him in a different direction. Now, whether they're letting him stay in this direction for their own, like, personal mm-hmm. or whatever, the party's benefit, that is is debatable. And, yeah, I could definitely right. see that. But I'm saying is, what like, them claiming that, oh, the president, you know, is just, like, He's he's a wild card and his own thing and like my that is bullshit to me, because first of all, the president of the United States does not have that much power. Do you see what I mean? That's, like that's even politically, true, which is within the system, he's not supposed to be this. Like, inf- he has influence, but he's but there's a whole system that works with him, and he that he doesn't necessarily always get to like veto or whatever. So. I just, I just want them to stop. I just want everything to stop. And I know that we're not talking about Florida anymore, but I just want everything to stop. I want there to be gun control because <laughs> this is insane. Nobody in other, like people in other countries can't just walk into a gun shop and get a semi-automatic weapon and walk out with that joint on their back like this is fucking, uh, you know, mad for the zombie apocalypse. Like I just, I don't understand why people, why, and also why, I- like I find it really ironic that whenever it's like a white shooter, they always go to the mental illness excuse. The but then again, point. you're taking away everyone's health care. So do you really care about that? And aren't you the same president who um, uh, did a, what is it called? Uh, an executive order to remove restrictions on... Uh, uh, people with mental illnesses getting gun licenses and buying weapons. It makes no sense. Like it just, it doesn't add up. I mean, it at the end of the day, up. if you really think about it, it does make perfect sense because like the gun lobby is so powerful in America that obviously this is what's going to happen. Like the, that's. If anybody had, you know, doubt, that the Republican Party is different or somehow unlike Al-Kazan, allow me to correct <laughs> that. 
They are exactly like that. They are fully Al-Qaeda. We said they that are, when he got elected. We were like, yeah. this guy is basically a cause. <laughs> Pretty much. Republicans Because they do the same tactics, the same like um, blind loyalty to each other. Which is exactly what's happening right now. And I just, I'm just tired. I'm tired of, I'm tired of, uh, everybody's talking about how, like, now they want to homeschool their kids because you never know who's going to come into and you school. And you know what I heard, like, a bunch of Republicans were saying, um, oh, well, maybe the solution is to have safer schools. And by that, they mean having um, metal detectors, um, armed guards, and they said that teachers should have guns. So basically, prison. Basically, schools basically are you want to send your kids schools? every single day to go learn history and geography in prison. In like they're gonna be incarcerated. Like what is public what is schools logic? in what is urban common areas are prisons. They have metal detectors. They are searched when they walk in. Like it's already halfway to it's this is why it's, it's the first step of the you know prison pipeline whatever like that's what it is you go to school you get in trouble you go to prison like that's really what it is here and you know what i think it really says a lot about america when you tell people nobody else does this around the world and nobody really has mass shootings like that so maybe mm-hmm. you should reconsider and they're just like no yeah no Like, Australia had one mass shooting and they banned guns and that was it. Like, policemen here who patrol the streets do not have firearms. And this is part, it's the Second Amendment and this is part of our freedoms as Americans. Like, ugh. No, where, where in the world can you go to a supermarket and buy like a rifle and unlimited ammo for what for what reason for what I I read somewhere someone tweeted that um if they change whatever some gun law in some state he's like oh but they're gonna ruin like hunting culture people hunt in other places and it's like (laughs) I didn't realize hunting culture culture was so crucial to America like I didn't realize you know what? that. Let's pretend it is. Let's let's just say it is. People hunt in other countries, and it's like and very controlled. Shoot each other. Very, you know, like you don't get unlimited ammo from like any random supermarket. What the hell? I don't. I can't. Listen, just to wrap this up, I think America's uh, um, or this administration particularly. Their feelings on gun laws and gun control and whatever can be summed up in the Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, going in there when she was first hired and talking about and being asked about how she feels about guns in schools and her saying, I think it's important for there to be guns in schools. Why? Because bears might attack and the teachers have to defend the students from bears Goodbye. With their guns. <laughs> Au revoir. I'm out. Thank you. Bye. I just <laughs> like I can't. I, 
I can't. Um, next up. I'm Let's just looking at the comments real quick. And, and someone okay. just said, why do you have the same hair? Um, because it's fly. Because it's glitz. Why One, not have the same hair? And three. <laughs> um, okay. I'd like to talk about a little bit closer to home. Actually, all we have is home now. Um, did right. you want to talk about Rose McGowan real quick? Yeah, a lot. Or the Palestinian girl, or... Uh, the Palestinian girl, I'm going to link to something else. But let's talk about Rose McGowan real quick. Okay. Rose McGowan. <laughs> I was just looking at your face like, are you going to say it? Are you going to introduce this? I am, because it's easy. Or I, okay. think, I, I think I know what I'm going to say. Rose McGowan is um, an actress, Hollywood actress, who is most famous, I think, for her role in the uh, TV show Charmed, where she played a witch. That's not important. And Mahim, she was on TV. And uh, Rose McGowan is one of the first people to out Harvey Weinstein as a garbage, pale, douchebag, sexual harasser. And uh, in exchange for her bravery, she was crucified by Harvey Weinstein and the powers mm-hmm. that be behind him. I think she was blackballed in Hollywood. And Muhim, Kharabla Hayata. Yeah. And um, she wrote a book subsequently and, you know, became this like uh, poster child for the Me Too movement, even though she didn't start it. Um, and, you know, became sort of like the spokesperson for the um, anti-sexual harassment movement in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Now, I think as a result of that, Mm -hmm. Rose McGowan is now suffering from just a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say anxiety because I don't want to, like, misdiagnose her. I am not a psychologist or psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, just like she's she's dealing with a lot of trauma, understandably. She's dealing with a lot of trauma. She's dealing with a lot of backlash from, you know, the general public for speaking out about something like this. Uh, And it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Right. So Rose McGowan went on her book tour. Mm-hmm. and um, was recorded at one of her book signing discussion things being asked by a transgender woman, uh, you know, what she's been doing for the transgender community. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing for transgender women? And, you know, you talk about this and this and that and whatever, and you're not really doing anything, and we're being killed out here and blah, blah, blah. Right. And Rose McGowan flipped out started yelling at the lady started mm-hmm. yelling at the general audience saying that they she that she should that people should be grateful for what she did she is brave right. and uh you know i uh do what i want and i speak for what i want and ma ba'ad shu mihim kalam katir kida hadraba bada inu hi bada takorik fil maladi and then she just started right. to and it ended with um you know you should all be grateful for what I'm doing. Right. And people in the audience, white people in the audience, were like, yes, we love you. We are grateful. I, I was going to get to that. 
I was gonna say, um, like, in this scene where it was the trans woman, Rose McGowan, and this audience, I think, like, the the party that disgusted me the most was the audience. Yeah, of uh, being like, yes. First yeah. of all, Rose McGowan, uh, her, whatever she's going through aside. <gasps> where are did you? Did I disappear? Yeah. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but I can't see you. I don't know what's happening. Um, no, come okay, back. there we go. Uh, <laughs> All right. Rose McGowan saying that people should be grateful for what she did hit me the wrong way. Yeah, I, I was like, um, I know because you thought it was important. Because nobody owes you anything. As I mean said, right. quite interesting. Yes, it is. <laughs> because it just seemed like you wanted a cookie for doing this. And granted, yes, you are brave for putting yourself out there and, t- and sharing right. your story and whatever and facing such a and big institution as Harvey Weinstein. But nobody asked you to do that, sis, for us to feel and also, grateful like, to you. I think... <clears throat> actually, this is going to sound terrible. I think when you do something like that, you're like your main objective should be to like inspire other people to also like come out and, you Mm -hmm. know, to kind of like change the mentality about sexual harassment and all of that. And I think she did succeed in that because it really did open the gates of like pervert hell, you know? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Which is great. Like that's great. You know, you spearheaded that conversation good on you girl a little tap on the back but then i don't know like that should be enough for you to for feel you. like you know exactly. you, you've done the right thing and whatever but you can't expect people to let all your bullshit slide because you did a good thing like one we're still two, gonna clock you you should have never done that thing expecting you know, a, a, a clap or a pat on the back or mm-hmm. whatever. You should be, you should have done this hoping to inspire other people but having zero expectation. And I, I mean, think- and that's really hard to say to someone because I think, like, that whole thing came from such an emotional place that she did want people to, like, constantly be on her side and, like, reassure her and help mm-hmm. her get over that trauma and whatever, and it's human. But also, no, you know what I mean? And, and and I just it's just it's just weird to be at a you know you're you're at your book signing you're selling mm-hmm. books about this thing that people are buying and coming to see you talk about then you turn around and tell them to be grateful to you is is there but they're giving you their money for your book that's you know how is that for gratefulness like <laughs> like that's not gratitude somebody like understand. actually spending their coin on you and spending their time coming to see anyway bottom line rose mcgowan should have her people should have recognized that she was in a fragile mental state and was not up to be in front of people right. talking about this thing or whatever or going on right. this book tour because she I agree with on that a, and I, I she think she was really oh, a mess. I and I, I also told. think that my problem with the trans woman is that um, maybe her approach was not the best. 
And I understand that she was really angry, but she came in as a heckler. Yeah. And I think that maybe if she had like worded her questions better. Actually, no, I don't think it would have gone differently. That's that's a goddamn lie. Here's but, um, what I'm gonna say. And I she think- she was a little bit aggressive, and I think that because Rose McGowan is such a mess currently, she couldn't deal with that. And like whatever, that's fine. My honestly, my main problem was with the audience. Like, why are you applauding the trans woman being shut down and escorted out of the venue? I don't like... Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. Why did the trans woman feel the need to ask Rose McGowan what she's doing for the trans community? That's why the did part. what? Why did the trans woman... Like, why was it important to get an answer from Rose McGowan about what she's doing for the trans community? That's what I didn't get. And that's no I mean, shade. Like, there's no shade in my question. I'm really genuinely like, is it, has she spoken about this before? And like, that's why, you I know. honestly don't know. But I think that I understand where that frustration is coming from. Because if you're like a self-proclaimed feminist and that's currently how you're making your living because you wrote this book about, you know, Mm -hmm. standing up for women and for yourself and doing all of this. I understand that as a trans woman who is constantly marginalized and excluded from this like feminism conversation, I understand Mm -hmm. that she would have the need to say like, okay, bitch, what about us? You know? Right, right, right. Okay. And yeah. I I think that, makes sense. that she could have handled it so much better. Like it was not that hard of a question. You're it allowed wasn't. to say I am not aware of trans issues <laughs> or I haven't really done much but I'm willing mm-hmm. to learn or what like mm-hmm. there's it's really not you know that tricky of a question that you would but get that offended and defensive. I think her mental state made it so that that was a trigger for her. Like she was already right. on edge. And yeah. then somebody coming at her and coming at her aggressively about taqsira fi hitta just right. like set her off. Because she then went on um, uh, The Daily Show with Trevor mm-hmm. Noah and she was... Normal? She, no. Like, calm? La. Belligerent? She made no sense. Who be oh, really? Her answer is like completely off. And watching oh, no, it was her. just like, um, what's really happening? Sad. And then shortly after, she canceled the rest of her book tour. And I was like, yeah, I see why. Because you're not okay. And, like, you should have, people should have, like, clocked that early. Your people, the people around you, should have been super aware of that. Because it wasn't hard to spot. (laughs) Like, and Mahim. So that's that's what I have to say about Rose McGowan. I hope she feels better. And I hope she gets the help she needs. Because she's obviously like dealing with a lot and I'm not saying that she shouldn't be because it is hard to go through all of that Mm -hmm. and be like people's target like that and Harvey Weinstein hired some Israeli like private agency to dig into her background and like like mess up her life and yeah and intimidate her yeah that's huge that's huge that wouldn't let make anybody snap so yeah you know no Um, I definitely agree uh we hope well, that i don't know i just well. yeah i wish her the best um moving on okay uh bbc arabic s- okay had a panel 
okay. um, of uh, Arab women activists talking mm -hmm. about things. I don't know because I didn't watch the program. Mm -hmm. However, I did see that at one point, one of the women who was Sudanese mm -hmm. was talking about how proud she was that, you know, um, at which point all of the women in the panel turned to her and said, Bish, where? <laughs> in yeah, they were like... Arab? No. no. Who? What? Where? I think yeah. you're mistaken. When you mean Arab, what did, what did you mean exactly? <laughs> um, one of the women actually, like, grabbed her face and was like, You're not, you're not. <clears throat> and I have two things to say about that. The first is Khomosoro. I was not expecting that. What did you expect? Rude. But okay. The entire Arab world does not claim us. Okay? They don't even have the time. They pretend that they don't know we even speak Arabic. Right. So I am not surprised that this woman went on a panel and tried to claim her Arab identity and was shut down by Arabs. Not surprising. And I don't understand why everybody is surprised about that. Like, No surprise here. What did you think? Masr al-Gariba di la mantamshi Masr utkallam ma'am bil-Arabi mgulik dashnu into diliyatu luga utkallam 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 Sudan. Oh, really? Oh, really now? But now we want to be surprised that this happened on TV. I don't play these games, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we should not be surprised. That's point number one. Okay. Point number two is, like people in the comments of this live have been saying, they were out of line. The women were out. Like, they didn't even do it in a nice way or try to, like, <laughs> let her express herself or explain how Arab identity, what Arab identity means to her or anything. It was just like, skirt, stop, honey. No, you're not. Inti, my God. I can't see you anymore. Where are you? I'm, I'm going to keep talking. I don't know. My camera is being <laughs> okay. But, and him, they, you know, because that's how Arabs feel. And we all... You know, we as Sudanese people feel the need to always prove ourselves as Arabs. And I was talking about but don't this you the think other it's, day. It's really ironic that we also have, like, it's such a weird paradox because on one side, they're super racist and we don't belong and nobody's checking for us. But on the other side, they're always like, oh my God, and you guys are like the best at hospitality. And it's like... Listen. But we're slaves though? <laughs> thank you. Like, this is part of that like, that, 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 that like paternalistic... Yeah, you know how, it's very condescending. If I were to, if I were to like liken it to something, it would be how 
white people during slavery thought really believed that slavery was the best thing for black people because Mm -hmm. they're animals and they need to be taken care of and this is the way for us to take care of them they don't know any better and this is the same way that arabs will say oh my god you're so cute look at you trying to speak arabic look at you trying to claim that arab identity like they don't take us seriously and that's why they always refer to us as Oh, we're so hospitable. We're so good at making your food and making you feel comfortable. And like doing, you know, it's never like, oh, they're so, they built, our countries were built off their knowledge. All of the things that we know were taught to us by Sudanese people. It's never that. It's always a Sudanian atiyabnas. That's always what it boils down to because they don't feel like we're actually people. We're just right. these cute little things, and oh, okay, go. Okay. And it's it's really weird because, especially for example, um, for like countries in the Gulf, they have this mm-hmm. really weird rapport with Sudanese people, where they're kind of torn between acting grateful because who built their countries, bitch, um, but also being like, oh, but you're not like you're black, you're black. <laughs> but you're black though but you're black though um I don't know I really find it just like amusing at this point once again I don't I definitely don't I don't I find really it amusing d- cause I'm just I've been like, trying to see the humor in it but I can't because it's insulting but it's I mean insulting. when I saw that video I was honestly like it like it it really hurt my heart cause I I don't think that lady deserved to be treated in that way on TV. Like, what was that? Honestly, if I was there, I would have like slapped every last one of them. Because Pretty much. I'm surprised. I don't know how she kept it together. Cause I would have um, walked out. Yeah, At the very least, I yeah, would have walked out. It was like, I felt really bad for her. Um, but I mean, for me, I really don't. I think I ain't checking for them either. To be honest, I, I don't really claim. <clears throat> I don't. I, I think for me, it's insulting, in the sense that we, when faced with all of this, mm-hmm. still feel the need to 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 cape for for Arabs and to and and to like push that Arab identity. And when I say that, I don't mean claiming it as in as in like saying that we're Arabs or whatever, or that we're Afro-Arab. I feel like everybody has the right to claim the identity they feel they belong to. If you think mm-hmm. that, if you relate to the Arab identity and you feel it in you, then by all means, go and, ahead. But I think the problem is when you, when you feel the need to prove it to those people. We are constantly I, I mean, in this like, this look at us. We're wearing gilalib, and we're talking Arabic, and we're Muslims, and we're Muslim people. And then we, bring I mean, up, we immediately find it convenient to bring up, oh, even though we don't claim that for. We don't claim that for on the daily, let me just say that. But we claim it when it comes time to prove our Arab identity by saying, yeah, okay, sis, that's another, that's a whole other can of worms of like, no, now facts. you're being a hypocrite. But I mean, in, in the case of this lady, she wasn't even, it wasn't about like claiming anything. She wasn't like, oh, or like, you know, I also speak. I think she was just stating facts. She's like, yes, yeah, I'm a Negro, no, no, no. 
but my Negro people have been mixed with Arabs, and that is just fact. Fact. I don't. I don't. I'm not saying I wasn't. I wasn't talking about that lady in specific. I was talking about yeah, us yeah. Sudanese, like always feeling the need to like prove ourselves to them when it's a fact of life it's a fact of life that is mixed with Arab and that's what we relate to and that's where our part of our identity comes from you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. we don't have to prove shit to them it's not like they're like and we have to like show them in no Look how Arab I am. Like, like I just, I, yeah, that's the yeah, part that I pisses get what me you off. Mean. You know? And if you don't want to claim Arab identity, I think that's okay too. Because we also tend to, as Sudanese people, shun a person who's like, you know what? I'm not about that Arab life. Like, it's just not me. Like, it's not part mm-hmm. of my whatever, my makeup, whether my genetic makeup or my cultural makeup. It's not there. And then they'll mm-hmm. be like, but inti muslima. Yeah, and? So are Chinese people. Does that mean they're Arab? Yeah, I mean, like, I just, I just don't, I think unrelated and irrelevant, but um, I don't know, like, I don't know, I don't, that's not something I personally care about. I just felt really bad for that lady because the disrespect was real. Um, and I think the presenter did a really poor job of collecting their asses because she was like, oh, well, someone might call you racist. Ha ha ha. Sis, that's not funny. Actually, Bitch. they are. Like, they literally are. Like, she literally, like, touched her face and she was like, hey, look in the, like... Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. Television or no television? Are you kidding me? First of all, don't touch me. First of all, don't touch me. That's that's number one. I don't know where your hands have been. Finger pop pause. <laughs> pause. Um, I really want to know who decided that black people couldn't be Arabs because bring it home. Like bring it home. <laughs> like if you go back to like the origin of Arabs from like Jazeera Arabia. They weren't on no dark and lovely shit. Like they were dark. They were dark. They were dark. Emoji shrug. <laughs> Real life shrug. They audio shrug. All of the above. I just They I, were dark and then they got mixed in with other people from different places and now they range um throughout yeah. like a very broad spectrum of skin shades which makes me feel from, like, like extremely light people with blue <laughs> eyes in like you know syria and jordan or whatever to the blackest of blackity blacks do a saudi um yeah, and that's what I was going to say. It makes me feel really so, bad for, like, Saudis, you know, like, Saudi Arabians who are darker, complected. Because what kind of life are they living? If that's the understanding, like, or, like, in Kuwait or wherever, like, how, how do you, how? Do you see what I mean? Like, it must be such a struggle 
to live in a society that thinks that you're not. I honestly don't know. Like, I, I wouldn't know. I don't know any, like, you know, I dark, shady people. So but I, wonder I about can't that speak a lot. for that. But yeah, I mean, valid. Yeah. And someone said, I just wanted to read a quick comment. Someone mm-hmm. said, um, <clears throat> our parents kind of contributed to this Arab dilemma. Um, they cut, like, cut your hair, don't let your hair be too nappy, and things like that. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I, yes, I want to say, think that that's, I think that's part of it. Yes and no. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. Yes and no, because, uh, we're all the way afroed out and all the yeah, way in office mean. and stuff. Um, but I think things the, like skin bleaching was not as widespread um, mm-hmm. for our parents' generation, for example, mm-hmm. as it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom has never, ever, ever a day in her life relaxed her hair. Neither mm-hmm. have like my aunts or whatever. Right. Um, so yeah, that's actually really interesting to see kind of how and when that shift happened if you have any thoughts uh, if, on that if i were ven- if i would venture to to like theorize i would say that part of it was from a, a um, people like moving to saudi mm-hmm. and coming back i think a lot of that has to do with sort of like people living for saudi for a long time and coming back and influencing like local culture Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also part of it has to do with this movement of Arabization right. you right. know what I mean like yeah. this whole like Arabization Islam, Islam Islamization and we mm-hmm. like this this like moving towards this more Islamist just جابت معاها قصة العروبة دي and then pushing this Arab identity mm-hmm. to, to what we're dealing with now. Right. Of like, oh no, blah, blah, blah. Right. So I think it's, it's, a, it's a mixture of those two. Um, but I want to go back to what you were saying about, um, you know, Arabs being a range mm-hmm. from like blonde hair, blue eyed mm-hmm. to, you know, dark like us. Mm-hmm. And I want to do. I want to bring that up to link this Ahad Tamimi story. Oh so, my God! I already see where this is going. <laughs> Ahad Tamimi is. Sarah, don't do it. <laughs> do not do it. Like this cannot be the only time we talk about Palestine, and this is where you're going, Sarah. No, you don't know where this I'm is going. on you. you like, I know exactly gonna, where I'm, you're going. I'm no. gonna, I'm gonna surprise you. I'm gonna surprise you. I promise. Okay. Okay. So Ahad Tamimi is mm-hmm. a Palestinian, a young Palestinian girl who, in December of 2017, was arrested by Israeli forces when mm-hmm. um, Israeli soldiers came onto her her family's property mm-hmm. and she got in an altercation with them. She slapped one of the soldiers and kicked him and, and therefore was arrested. She was 16 at the time. I don't know when her birthday is, so she might be 17 now, but I'm younger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she was arrested and put in jail and she's still in jail for that. Um, and so, you know, there's been like global 
outcry of like, how can you arrest this child? Mm-hmm. Uh, and another like open, reopening up the the discussion on like the Israeli occupation and like how you're encroaching on people's land and their property and whatever and blah blah blah. Okay. And part of the story is also that Israel or mm-hmm. whatever, some Israeli officials or whatever, high authority, something. Do you know that we've been recording? I'm so sorry. We've been recording for an hour and 10 minutes and we haven't even and gotten to... to Black Panther yet. Yes. Anyway. I'm going to move fast. I'm going to move fast. No, no, no. Go ahead. Part of it, part of the, part of the thing was that they were researching her origins because they didn't believe that a Palestinian could have blonde hair and green eyes as does huh? Ahatamimi. Say what now? Yeah. See, that's why I'm bringing this up. What? Like, how can an Arab have blonde hair and colored eyes? They all have brown hair and brown eyes. That's not a thing. So she must not be pure Palestinian. So she must be Israeli or something. (sighs) And I just... Confusion. Again, this is part of this idea of like... You look a certain way, therefore you fit a certain narrative. But it comes from this like deep, not only place of ignorance, because you really attribute somebody's look to who they are, or how they are, or what they believe, but also this ignorance of like, you don't even know what population demographics look like. Because how are you surprised? How do you live in the country with the people? You live on top of them. And you don't know the Palestinians come in blonde hair and blue eyes? But also the fact that you would be surprised that at this point, in this year of the Lord, that like any place would have any kind of person is insane to me. Like, it's crazy. What is logic? Like, you know, the what's her name? Um... Uh, the black Palestinian lady who was like this super badass um, activist organizer. She took up arms against like the Israeli forces and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't and know. And Mohim, okay. she was Palestinian and black. And people were like, what? Yeah. How? In How? what universe? Zay Mafi, like, I, mm. I, I don't know. Like, how? What is logic? You have, like, a very, very, very wide spectrum of people. Right. I just need people to understand that it's kind of the same pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And it says nothing about your intima. I am so confused. (laughs) I get it, but I don't get it. And it also begs the question, why does it matter? So you arrested her because she assaulted... (laughs) an officer mm-hmm. right how why does it matter whether she has blonde hair and blue eyes or green hair and black eyes or whatever right i don't understand is that gonna make her sentence less are you gonna release her because she's blonde is that what it is like oh it's okay for you know a, a lighter skinned person or whatever to attack the officers of israeli law mm-hmm. or do you want to prove that she's she has Israeli blood because then 
that will make you what? I that think that discredit her, discredit her and her like movement or whatever. Like, I, I honestly think that because the general idea all around the world is that whiter with colored eye, like blue or green or gray eyes or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is universally better and they think that if this person has that you know superior gene pool she can't possibly be like a savage palestinian <laughs> like how oh lord um listen that's all i wanted to say about that had to be me sorry because i thought that was the most interesting part i mean we can talk about oh a 16-year-old was arrested by the state of Israel for something that is not worth going to jail over for, what, now four months? But that's, like, every other day. So, mm-hmm. but them being like, but but why is she blonde, though, Is was just like, oh, my God, are you that desperate? Like, yeah. just arrest her Shout and go. Shout out to her, though, because what yeah, were you doing when you were 16? Hmm, what? Um, okay. Complaining. I was in my room, yeah. brooding and talking about how the world didn't understand me, and how I was all alone. That's what Word. I was doing. Not uh, a political prisoner. Um. Okay. So that's Sudanese it. things. Yeah. Are we gonna talk about one hundred years of beauty or Al Bashir crying? Or a dollar was a khamsin, or like salah well, gosh, or like what, 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 what? <laughs> I think we can hit all of those very quickly. I want to okay. spend more time on hundred years of beauty because I think that's a- okay. Then leave that to the end and start with whatever you care about least. I'm gonna okay. suppose that's al Bashir crying. No, actually, that's uh, salah gosh. So salah gosh, okay. if you don't know, was a. Um, <clears throat> was a prominent political figure in Sudan. Mm-hmm. And then in 2015, I want to say 2015, I'm not sure, I don't remember. People are like, talk about Black Panther! <laughs> in 2015, I think he planned uh, Ingilab, with a, or allegedly planned Ingilab allegedly. with a bunch of people. And he was subsequently jailed for it. Right. In the year of our Lord... Oh, it was 2012. Thank you. It mm-hmm. was 2012. In 2012. And he went to jail for it. And he was... Oh, my God. He's a traitor. And now, in 2018, he has been not only reinstated in this government, but also... But also, madame, he has been awarded the position of the head of... The same person who was arrested by Jihaz al-Amn has now become the leader of said Jihaz. And I just, I just want to laugh. So <laughs> that's my laugh. I got it in. Moving on. Um, <laughs> okay, so that was really it. Like we're not. Yeah, okay. that, was, that was it. Great, and great. Bashir, I'm, I'm on board. Your president. Um, was said to have been in a meeting with some of his followers and his whatever's people in his administration or something. Okay. Where he was moved to tears at the fact that this country has just gone so wrong and all of these things that are happening 
because of all of these faulty policies and all of that was a result of other people that he okay. didn't know about and he mm-hmm. didn't know what they were doing. Right. And he was just so now so that he hurt. knows and he's acknowledging it, is he going to like jump off a cliff? No, he's or... just going to shed the tears, sis. The tears should be enough to water okay. your garden. The tears, we're going to pour them over the land. The tears are going to fill the Nile. We're going to have water, clean drinking water. Uh, The tears are going to, you know, uh, clean the streets. We're going to have clean streets now. They're going to pave the roads. They're Mm going to set up the railroads. The tears are powerful, sis. All you need are his tears. (laughs) أنا غشوني أنا غشوني أنت متخيلة معي إنه رئيس دولة بقول أنا غشوني غشوك 30 سنة يا أخ 30 سنة تتغشى 30 سنة like okay غشوك for 30 years bro and you're cool with just admitting that you're okay with that like that's cute for you alright sis I just want to know what the people in that meeting did. Were they like, oh, my gosh, no, 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 um, a dollar, meanwhile, which also, I'm, I think the official rate is, mm-hmm. that's the official rate, and but like the actual the, rate is like 40 something, or like 30 something. the official rate, because at one point they had to like adjust it to the black market rate? But then yeah. the black market rate kept going up. Skyrocketing. Because yeah. what is <laughs> what managing is inflation? an inflation? Listen. Um, oh, speaking of which, there's also a hamla on Facebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you heard about this? Hamla no. al-istighfar. No. Yeah, there's a hamla on Facebook. All these Facebook groups are out here talking about istighfar ikhwan عشان الدولار ينزل. عشان سعر الدولار ينزل. And then... <laughs> okay, never mind. Somebody is said, oh, guess is, I saw a post that said, a dollar nazal biga 28, shuftu that istighfar, yalla istighfar, istighfar. No, but is it like serious or is it a joke? Because it's really funny. No, sis, it's serious. Like it's, it's, it's serious. comedic gold. Um, you know, after saying that, aslan si'ar al-dollar, ma ba'arif minu gal min nipsal banat, and then they were like, oh, min or something, I read in some newspaper. Al-hukuma galat, innu, sabab, like, all this inflation, or ahwal al-bred, biga s-sabab, or kida, innu, nas ma'in dom yaqeen. Elifti, intu ma'in dom yaqeen, intu ma'in dom yaqeen, enough. استغفروا وادعوا وكذا وان شاء الله ربنا بحله فقامت حمله الاستغفار عبر الفيسبوك كل واحد يقدر يستغفر الله العظيم you know استغفر الله استغفر الله من حقهم I... I can't I just and I, I know I'm not baffled by them I'm baffled by us yeah. كيف, 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 كيف and your first thought is 
You're absolutely right. I'm going to go right now. And you know what? Usually, like, this kind of, like, really weird, shady stuff that happens, it's always younger people. Because I feel like... It's, it's never old people. Our it's parents' like, generation and people who are older than that are like... Well, you want us to do what now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so it's really scary because these young people who do these things um, are procreating. And their kids are going to grow up with that same mentality under this same regime and i like i don't know what i i don't know yeah yeah moving on <laughs> to <laughs> that was like a really depressing three seconds just yeah, like it really was i just got really sad i just got really <laughs> sad just now um okay. 100 years of beauty sudan is a video Okay. Produced by the people at Project Sudan on Instagram. Whom I shouted out last episode, and they have since you had did. the time to like edit their video and actually put it out. So and shout out to them. Mind you that they edited the video and, and put it out after I berated them on that same episode. So <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so they made a video called 100 Years of Beauty Sudan. It is based on the known online concept of 100 years of beauty fill in the blank um so they've done 100 years of you know african-american beauty and 100 years of mabad and they have different countries with that and then people started making their own based <coughs> on that format and so you know the people at project sudan did their best and they put out this this product which uh i enjoyed personally mm-hmm. um, as did i and uh, it, you know, it, it resulted in a lot of discussion. A lot of people said they liked it. And then there were some people who brought up some, some points. Valid points or like just petty shit? Um, well. Because if it's just pettiness, I really don't want to discuss it. I think we should on- focus on this being a super positive project because can we have nice things? Like I'm tired. Yeah. It was a nice yeah. video. It was very professionally made. It was thoroughly researched. researched. The editing was great. The hair was great. The makeup was great. The girl is gorgeous. The outfits were fire. Yes, they were. Can we just have nice things? And I think if you have like a really specific critique where you're like, oh, but that doesn't belong to that era or like something really tangible and that you're knowledgeable about, then that's great. You can give them that feedback. But if you're just going to be like, oh, but that's not even original. And like, I don't... Shut up. Can we have nice things? There was definitely the, you know, this isn't even an original concept and whatever. No, it's not. And they never said it was. Yeah. Um, But there was another, there were a few comments or... I saw one. I won't say a few. I just saw one. Um, there was a comment about the fact that this was a very Khartoum-centric um, video. And that 
It was, you know, uh, not representative of the entire country and that it was also a very, like, whitewashed, no, not whitewashed, like, um, like westernized? No, no, no. Is that what a it very, means? Oh, it was like rose-colored video. Like it was, it wasn't depicting the reality of some of the eras. For example, in the 90s era, it was all about like and that wasn't reflected in what they presented in the 90s era. And so it was just kind of like this very um, uh, simplified, overly positive depiction. It wasn't realistic. Oh, that was the word. It was not a realistic depiction of some of okay. the eras, specifically the 90s, because of, you know, because of what I just said. So, um, on the one hand, I can understand that critique. Someone um, said, Kisir Medjadif, I like the video. Am I allowed to like the video? I think right. that they, like the format of 100 years of beauty like around the world and the people who've done mm -hmm. it before it's always been to like showcase um like positive, positive. things yeah. from that culture yeah. and things yeah. that whoever made the video thought were aesthetically pleasing and i think that it was a choice that they made and that's fine mm -hmm. like i don't understand why people are mad obviously we I talked about this to Mihad like way before they started making the video and I was like I would love like a really dark skinned girl like can we please get some like super dark girl please lord <laughs> and that didn't happen but it's okay like if yeah. I want a video with a super dark skinned girl maybe I should go out and make I one you know what I mean? Make a video yeah. I think the people who made comments about you know the video not being original or that it was overly positive or whatever, I feel like those people maybe were not familiar with the format of 100 Years right. of Beauty, and that's why they were coming from at it from that angle. I do think there is some merit to the argument that, you know, this is not representative of the entire country. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's unrealistic to expect that a 80 In like second, a 30 90 second, second video, I think video, yeah, would, would be able to cover the near entirety. Impossible of the country and give adequate representation to every part of the country. That's and it would not. be really nice to do that. But agreed. Yeah. You know, like I would love to see more representation of <clears throat> like different aspects of our culture and like different places because I personally don't know the like, you know, cultures and customs of a lot of regions in Sudan because mm -hmm. I've never been mm -hmm. and I don't know people from there. So that right. would be great, but also I think that this video like can we have nice things you know what i mean like yeah. people try to make an effort um to do something that they put in a lot of time into and energy mm -hmm. i think mm -hmm. and that they like produced alone and they had to let you know and i think it's a really nice effort and it's a nice thing to look at and i don't understand why people are mad I just I, I don't get problem. it I enjoyed it if you didn't for whatever reason that's fine but like can you appreciate the effort at least I think the problem with things that we make as people who are underrepresented in media mm -hmm. is that when we make one thing we have the misconception that that's it there can only be one thing 
right out there to represent us and so when that one thing is made and we feel like not everyone is represented or maybe you personally are not represented or what mm-hmm. you your vision is not represented then you feel like oh see you took the one spot that was there for us and right. therefore i can't do anything about it and now i'm mad Right. But the truth is, the internet is endless, and you can make your own if you mm-hmm. feel like you're underrepresented or if you feel like you're not represented. And in fact, I would say, please do. Like, I would actively encourage people to make this, you know, different versions of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Because they will all be valid, because we know that our culture is not, or our country, or our population is not just one way. Mm-hmm. If you recognize that we are not just one way, we're not just one look or one culture Mm -hmm. then that's first of all that's half the battle because a lot of people don't recognize that right and i think that's part of the that's part of why this discussion (sighs) was up in the first place that like people don't see a sudan outside of this scope whatever that scope is whether we're talking about locally or internationally Mm -hmm. so if you feel like you're on if you feel like this was misrepresented or whatever you are free to put out a different representation and that'll be just as valid and just as valued as anything else. Yeah. And I think And I, pe- I think that we as a people are also really extremely harsh towards yeah. any kind of um, creative effort. Yeah. <laughs> like we always complain that we don't have enough representation and like positive content and all of that. Mm-hmm. But as soon as people try our first reaction is always like, but, but no, but you're not doing this right. But can we, can you just say, you know what? Good job. Great. Um, you know, next time would be great if we included other, like if it weren't so Khartoum centric and right. You know what? I'm tired. People can enjoy things and I'm tired. We are a nation of critics. I believe we've always been a nation of critics. We love to like talk about what's wrong about something and not necessarily put a lot of time into what's right about something. Mm-hmm. But I also I also don't want to say that and give the impression that we should not criticize or we should not critique anything. We I should, that, but can it be like Yeah, it should come from remotely a place of constructive? Faham. Yeah, exactly. It should be constructive criticism and not just I didn't like this. You're free to not like it. It's okay if you didn't like it. But like that's not that's your opinion. Mm-hmm. Right? Versus giving giving me a piece of constructive feedback like listen you really messed this up for example like you didn't really do this part correctly because a b and c then i can be like okay thank you i appreciate that you know what you and i think the other thing is we don't know how to engage in these types of discussions without nubas right i can't just be like hey uh Thanks for the effort, but you did this, 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 this wrong. Mm. Or I think you did this, this, this wrong. It's always, oh my God, I can't believe this This is garbage. And you're garbage. And you're a terrible person because you did this. And it's like, it's not all that is not even necessary. Right. It's not even, it's just, it's added energy that you're wasting when you could have just said it nicely. Anyway, Rumumen, I really enjoyed the video. I I think they did a really good job. And I hope if there's more, that they're going to be more inclusive. And that's pretty much it. Absolutely. Um, Which leaves us with Black Panther. (laughs) 
Ahmed said, if you, don't, if you know how to do it the right way, then why didn't you do it in the first place? Just don't be mad because you didn't think of it first. Wow. <laughs> um, I wish I had, I had a fork. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wish I had some tea. I would sip it. Um, <laughs> that leaves us with Black Panther. Okay. If you have not watched the movie, I suggest you leave right now. You may exit. Ahmed Tariq, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to talk about any spoilers, but I, I, I don't just think I have, well, actually, yes, I do. Because I want to discuss like the actual movie, like the plot and stuff. Okay. All right. So, well then, goodbye, Ula. Goodbye, Ahmed. Goodbye, everybody <laughs> who hasn't watched the movie. Um, we are going to begin now. Okay. Black Panther was incredible. If you don't know what Black Panther is, if you're still here and you haven't watched the movie and you don't know anything about it and don't care. A lot of people have not watched the movie yet because it just came out like a week ago here. And how are people in Sudan? Like it hasn't been bootlegged yet, I think. So Um, a lot of... I pray for a bootleg soon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's emotional. Uh, Black Panther is a superhero movie from the Marvel Universe based on um, the character Black Panther, who is an African king from the kingdom of Wakanda. Wakanda forever! (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) And uh, Ismushnu, he is King T'Challa, who is the king of Wakanda, and he's also a superhero who fights crime and stuff, and he's part of the Avengers team. He said the bootleg is, yeah. No spoilers, please. Listen, I don't promise that there won't be spoilers. So if you No, there, there's going to be some discussion about the, the plot. Because yeah, I have so opinions. Not, like, I have thoughts about the story. If you haven't watched it, uh, you should probably leave now. Um, and the movie was anticipated for, like, two years since they, you know, then since they, it's emotional. Announced that it was going to be made and stuff. People are um, mad. We gave you, we gave you a warning. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to be as vague as possible when I okay. discuss the plot. This is gonna be really weird for people who are listening to the podcast <laughs> to listen because um, we keep hopping back and forth from the Instagram live comments to the actual content of the podcast. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. so the movie came out. It stars Chadwick Boseman as King T'Challa yeah. slash Black Panther. It's sla- it, it stars Lupita Nyong'o as, um, what's her face? Yes, Lupita. Why, why am I blanking out on her name? Uh, Nakia. Uh, Nakia. Um, and it stars Letitia Wright as Shuri, Shuri. Who, Princess Shuri, who is Black Panther's sister, and she is the, who is Black the, Excellence, like all she around. She is absolutely Black Excellence. She is the technological mind behind the entirety mm-hmm. of Wakanda and all of Black Panther's weapons. She makes everything. She's a genius. She's smarter than Tony Stark um, and Bruce Banner combined. Like she's amazing. And she's also <laughs> Ahmatarik's crush. He's like in love with her. Uh, and um, a bunch of other people. Oh, um, how could I forget Michael Bay Jordan? <laughs> a bunch of other people. Toast Eric Cash. Just 
the most and amazing. And the other, what's her name? Danai Guerrero, who yeah. is, uh, who plays Okoye, who is the general Life. of the Dora Milaje, who are the all-woman military of Wakanda. <sighs> Let me say that again. The all-woman military. All of them. Black <laughs> queens, military strategists, minds, fighters, martial arts experts, bald, beautiful. Listen, I can't. This movie is... People are telling us that Shuri is the Black Panther as well. Yes, okay, Shuri guys. is also the Black Panther sure. while <laughs> T'Challa is away. Shuri becomes the Black Panther. Yes. Um, I just... Please talk because I don't have words to express how much I loved this So, movie. just to get it out of the way... I want to like separate my thoughts about the actual movie, like as a work of cinema and okay. Black Panther as like a social and cultural phenomenon. Mm -hmm. So I'll just do the movie first to get that out of the way because okay. I have thoughts. <laughs> like cool. I said, you can send the hate mail to your mom. <laughs> um, it was a good movie. It was good. It was good. Like it was good. Good sis. It was it was good. That's okay. the adjective you want to use? Good? It, yes. Yes. That okay. is the adjective that I am sticking with. It okay. was good. It was entertaining. It was extremely well directed. However, I've had huge issues with the plot. First of all, um, I cannot, for the life of me, understand um, why that white man was there, the CIA guy. I don't. I oh. don't need him. I don't need him. I did not he want was, him in that movie. He didn't. Yeah. No. 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 He was. He was just there to be like America. Fuck yeah! I'm you know the good guy from the CIA and all of that, and I didn't like that. I would argue. That he yes we're still talking about Black Panther. I would argue that he was in there to show <coughs> the, to show the white man's uselessness. That's what I would argue he was in there for. He was in there specifically to make them look that much better when they're like you're. I don't think so. You scared me, Colin. That's not how I felt his presence that's, at all. I felt I like, felt his, like presence his presence was there necessary to kind of appease all of the non-black people who would be watching the movie so they could have at least hmm. one nice one character that person. they could relate to mm. which is why they chose like I that very that. specific quirky actor the guy who was in Sherlock or whatever I, mm. I didn't need him like I had no use for him I did not want him there he ruined it for me I, um, I wouldn't say he ruined it well for not me. ruined I, it but like he made he it very difficult he was superfluous, but I also think that he just was there to highlight that, like, we didn't need your help, and we don't need your help, and you're useless, and in fact, we help you. I think that's what he well, was Well, I for. mean, he ended up kind of helping them. You know what? Let's not get into the details. Whatever. Okay. That's fine. Um, second of all, about the plot, I felt that the whole premise of why Killmonger is the bad guy is insane to me. Like, it's crazy to me. Mm -hmm. 
I yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like they were telling his story, and I was like, "Well, what's wrong with that bitch? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why is he the bad guy? Are we gonna find out that he's actually great, and everyone's gonna rally around him? And no, he was still the bad guy. And the whole like neo liberal ending. You know, Mm, that very last scene, I was like, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, we are not doing this. I think Killmonger's um, origin, or, like, the reason why he becomes the villain Mm -hmm. is important because it, like, shows the real-life juxtaposition between Africans and African-Americans. I think that's why it's important. Pray say because of the like the view of so he was seen as like this outsider you mm-hmm. know he's mahamhimiani zibala right and don't get me wrong i think he's really like terrible how africans in america view african americans or like that's the the struggle between african communities in america and african american communities in america where like uh-huh. you know well, you're you're like you know you guys used to be slaves you're not even educated whatever it's like this white image of what african americans are that africans carry and then like project in their dealings uh, with african americans and african americans looking at africans like you ain't special you know or whatever or then you have like the whole african booty scratcher narrative which i won't get into but i think killmonger okay. being a villain is showing that, showing that, like, there is this really big, like, right? Like, there's, like, a struggle between these two communities when they actually should just be one. That's how I saw it. Although, I could be wrong. I'm, but does that, make, does that make Killmonger actually a villain? No. No, so here's the thing. I agree with him being a villain because he's absolutely terrible throughout the movie to everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, In the sense that someone made a really cool analogy on Twitter, and this is going to be a spoiler, so if you haven't seen this, please, like, skip this part. But (laughs) someone said that the scene where he shoots his girlfriend in the head to mm-hmm. then shoot the white man is like so representative of what he stands for. Like he's mm-hmm. that, he's a representation of that kind of male, mas- like black masculinity right, where right, he right, will right. walk over all of the over black. Whoever. Yeah, and then he was like really yeah. violent to other black women throughout the scenes. And, you know, he brags about. Um, like his scarifications where he says that he's killed Mm. people of his own kind and all of that. So yes, I get it. He's like, his motives were questionable. He he was a terrible person throughout and all of that. Okay. But also his cause to me is 1000% valid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what? Yeah. Why are you guys mad? He has a really good point. Yeah, he actually has a right. You like, know? he literally has a right. Yeah. Well, uh, Walid Hashim says, people are saying that this movie addresses the anger that some African-Americans may feel um, about Africans. I think, I think this movie definitely addresses 
the the conflict between African and African American communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in the in the in the end, it kind of like sums it up in a cute way of like, oh, we should all be one. That could have that. Yeah, yeah. Because it's no, the, yeah, the, yeah. the ending like that's really like you make him the villain. For having that cause, albeit slightly radical, but very valid. And then you end up doing that bullshit? I just, I can't. Like, my my politics are not with it. I cannot condone. No. Well. No. <laughs> I understand your position. Um, if nothing else other than... Michael B. Jordan looked amazing as Killmonger, and like I found it hard to be mad at him. Because I'm not mad at anyone. I loved it. Like there was okay. So let let's get over all the stuff that I didn't like, and then we can move on to all the stuff that I absolutely loved. Okay. 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 Um. What else did I before you before you before you go on? I just want to say that I watched the movie in a stunned daze. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I don't have nearly as much like thoughtful, analytical comments. Mm-hmm. I just want to say that it's amazing all the time. That's it. Okay. Because I probably have to watch it again to actually realize what happened. Okay. Because I was too stunned. So anyway, go on. Okay. Um, the other things I didn't, not I didn't like, but I was kind of disappointed by because I don't know. I was like expecting more. Um, I would have loved to hear more of the soundtrack in the movie. Like oh, there was yeah. barely any music, and I thought that was really unfortunate. Although um, I did like the link between the the score of the movie and the soundtrack. Well, yeah, but like I feel like it was kind of slightly but, yeah, missed but opportunity. I, think that, I don't know. Yeah, that, um, the music and also. The other thing that I was really sad about, and I know this is so naive, but I wish that they had filmed more scenes in, like, actual African countries. And I know that's not Mm -hmm. how production works because constraints and budgets and stuff. Um, But it just would have been really lit. Yeah, yeah. I think most of the indoor scenes were filmed in Atlanta, which is great. (coughs) And then... A lot of the outdoor scenes were filmed in South Korea, and they had, like, some aerial shots of, like, South Africa and maybe Uganda, I want to say. I don't even know. But, yeah. I'm not sure um, about that. I don't, I don't know about that. But, <clears throat> but I agree with you. I was kind of like, mm, about that, because everything else was so perfect. Like, the costume design was... Mm, was amazing. Insane. Amazing. Um, hair and makeup... I die, like, deceased. (laughs) I can't. Um, I don't know. Like, a lot of things were so fucking excellent that... I also would have liked for the languages to be a little bit... Like, because Wakanda is an East African nation, I would have liked... Well, I mean, I he, he called his dad Baba. That's all you're gonna get. That's about it. That's yeah. the only... I feel... Like, I've never really been interested in comics or, like, superhero movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really have a point of reference because I've never really watched any of that 
stuff. But I felt like it's basically a really good superhero movie, but mm-hmm. like blackity black. Black as fuck. Black, black as fuck. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Which, um, honestly, works for me. Like, I'm good. I I'm Gucci. Besides, like, the amazing film making and the whatever and the story and the bitarunai, I think the most amazing part of the whole Black Panther experience was black people being, like coming together and being motivated to like show up and show out at the theater yeah um not just in terms of like buying power like people going to see the movie but like people dressing up Mm -hmm. to go see the movie and be like super pro-african and whatever and a lot of people kind of had the thing of like oh so now it's cool to be african oh so before we were african booty scratchers and now you want to be whatever i think that's counterproductive i don't think it's important i think we should let people enjoy things yeah, I think we and should like, I haven't things. seen black people collectively enjoy the same thing in a very long time, and it was really nice and refreshing. And to think, and everyone like came together. Started this started as a joke on Twitter. Really? When like yeah, when they announced um, you know that black Black Panther was going to be made, mm-hmm. that was one of the first jokes on Twitter of like, so how are we showing up to the theater? And then they had the little like meme the the coming to america meme of like oh really um, eddie murphy dressed in like super whatever with like the draped fur and everything and whatever and it started as a joke and people followed through and went and like showed up and showed out in like their african garb and they're like you know ankara and they're like whatever and i thought that was I think that's amazing. And of course, why people had to ruin it by being like, oh, why does everybody have to do the most? And why are they out here, you know, dressing not, up and whatever? I'm not talking about people, like white people's reaction to Black Panther because I really even, don't care. Even some black people were like, oh, why are we doing all this? I don't care about these haters either. I'm just really <laughs> I'm glad just that like, people got to enjoy something really cool. And yeah, first of all, let people enjoy things. And yeah. secondly, this is the same thing that people do when they go, you know, when Harry Potter fans go see Harry Potter or Star Wars fans go see Star Wars or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's that cosplay. It's right. you dressing up to right. reflect the the world in yeah. that movie or the people or whatever, the movie that you're have a fan of. Have you seen of. So a Star understand. Wars premiere? Like, people go crazy. Why can't we Thank have nice you. things? Uh, like, uh, <clears throat> to shout out to, to Rhea, the Somali chick that I follow. Mm-hmm. She's like, I follow her too. You know, She's great. She's amazing. And yeah. she's like, you know, nobody asks you about your light-up stick when you come to the theater <laughs> to watch Star Wars. Like, let people enjoy things. So Word. I think for me, that's the most enjoyable part of Black Panther is, like, just, and like, having the whole experience and feeling like, as a collective mm-hmm. kid, that people, people came together. With yeah, it. and I'm just glad that it's such an important film because Ryan Coogler said that he made this film for his 10-year-old self. And I really felt that like in my soul because I just had a conversation with a Caucasian friend about this, a Caucasian cis hetero male (laughs) friend from America. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was telling him that it's really great because 
like growing up, I didn't really have superheroes that looked like me or like really badass, you know, black women that I could look up to or whatever on TV, at least, or like in the movies. Mm. Um, And he was saying, oh, well, well, about what about um, like the. No, no, no. He said like, oh, well, what about female representation in like the predominantly black shows like Martin and like living in color Mm -hmm. and Cosby show and whatever. And I told him that to some extent, but not really because a, they're African American and I couldn't always relate to that experience. Mm -hmm. And B, a lot of these shows were hella misogynistic. Um, yeah. And what's great about black Panther is that the female representation is on point. point. I live for every last one of them. So I was really happy. I think, like, it's such a cool thing. I would also like to say that I really appreciated the amount of dark-skinned black women in that movie. Yes. Someone said, (laughs) I saw on Twitter, someone was like, well, I'm light-skinned. Where was my representation in Black Panther? And someone said, your representation is on Bronish. And like every other show, every there. other show ever can, on can, TV, like can you go sit somewhere? Every other show, like the fact that there there was like one or two the that predominant like the the female characters were predominantly dark skinned. Mm-hmm. I can't explain and how badass, that made me and feel smart and strong yeah, and, and not smart there and strong. to just support the male characters they were they or just existed in and of themselves which is always very like nice the bodyguard for you know the the light-skinned female mm-hmm. like to be her scrappy friend or whatever like they right. were actually like um okoye was fully fleshed out she was not only smart and mm-hmm. strong she was also beautiful, and she also had a sense of humor. Right. Like, she was a fully, fully formed right. character. As opposed to just being, like, the angry black chick, or, like, the angry dark-skinned chick, or, like, the aggressive, you know, whatever. Like, she was, and and she moved seamlessly between those things. It wasn't mm-hmm. like she had to show one side and then another side. Right. And, like, couldn't be both at the same time. Like, she was everything all at once. And I just really appreciated to see that many dark-skinned women on screen at one Word. time. It Looking was incredible. flawless. Absolutely. That Absolutely. costume design is on point. Um, have we... On that note. I think did that's we all I have to say everything? Did we forget um, everything? Are we going to comment on... What was his name? The dude who plays... Um, I forgot his name. Oh, the dude who plays what? The dude, like the. <laughs> there's a dude, Sarah. <laughs> Is he? There are lots of dudes. The thick dude. What's his name? The. <gasps> <laughs> I was wondering, like, are we gonna um, get there? Because, like, he plays Umbaku, but he's what's his name? Winston Duke. That's his name, I think. My God, <laughs> my. God. Lord have mercy. My God. Um, that was all yeah. I have to say about that, dude. Um, <laughs> Ma'am? Come with this. 
I just I like the movie starts sure. and you're like, oh my god, so much black excellence, so, like so much fineness. They're they're so beautiful. I can't deal with this. And then he shows up and you're like, and you're like, hello. <laughs> the trailer <Hi>. didn't <laughs> warn me. The trailer did not it's warn not prepared, me. Not prepared. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that's it for Black Panther. That's all I have to say about Black Panther. Please go see it if you can't. <laughs> if you're from Sudan, find a friend who can get it for you. I'm Shudivix or whatever that place is called. Mm-hmm. Get a clean version and get your life because that stuff. Yes, it am. Yes, it am. Okay. I think that's it. That's all the topics we have. I was going to talk about the whole. We're not. Never mind. It doesn't matter. Um. What were you going to talk about? Nothing. Yes or yes, ma'ams. Do okay. we have some? Yes. Okay. Would you like to go first? I have kind of a yes, sir, and kind of a yes, ma'am. Okay. Good. Uh, Hit it. Since this is the week of uh, Black Panther excellence, I am mm. um, going to acknowledge the excellence of two great comic strips. Okay. Um, so... I mean, I was going to say an ambiguous yes, sir, yes, ma'am, but I'm, I suppose it's a yes, sir. And mm-hmm. it goes out to Abbas Comics. <gasps> oh, my God. I'm so glad you brought that up because I completely forgot, too, that I wanted to. Go ahead. That's Sorry. it. <laughs> it yeah. goes out to Abbas Comics, which is a uh, weekly Sudanese comic strip that comes out on Twitter and Facebook, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just, the they're great. They're great. Yeah. The artwork yeah. is great. It's really like cute and witty. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I love it. I, I live for Abbas. Abbas Comics. Shout out to you. I don't remember who, what his name is. The dude who. It doesn't say on his Twitter page, so I'm not sure. It. I think I know someone who knows, who like mentioned him once, but I can't remember his name. But thank you for creating that because it is We are grateful. It is excellent. You yeah, are Sudanese excellence. Um, Indeed. I live for Abbas. Mm-hmm. Um, my other ambiguous yes, sir, yes, ma'am, which is probably a yes, ma'am, is mm-hmm. for another comic strip called Kharabish uh, Neswia, aka okay. Feminist Doodles. Um, their Twitter handle, though, is Comics Killjoy, um, and that's also the name of their Facebook page, and I don't know if you've seen them, but they're, like, these, like, really old-school pop art comics, and then Mm -hmm. they change the caption, and they, like, they make Arabic captions in little Uh, bubbles, Um, and they're, like, feminist but That's they're really in cute. Arabic, and they're so funny. They're great. They're the best thing on the internet. <laughs> I, I love Excellent. this stuff. We um, will share all of these things on our Twitter when yes, the episode goes out. we will. will be in a few days. Right. That's it for me. Okay. Um, I had a yes, sir, but I forgot what it was. Um, so my yes, ma'am, goes out to an anonymous lady. Who is Sita Aragi Fibor Sudan? Oh, yes. Who was attacked by one of her customers, I think, mm-hmm. um, while she was praying. <laughs> and 
I don't know who had a sword. If she had a sword or he did, mm-hmm. but she stabbed him with it. Mm-hmm. Because don't come for me when I'm trying to get my saline. Mm-hmm. And I'm so here for that. Ma'am, you are Sudanese excellence. Yes, you and are. And I salute you. We... I wish I knew your name. You are amazing. <laughs> I completely agree. Shout out to her. Yeah. Uh, Shade it. Yeah. And yep, that's yep, about yep, it. Yep, yep. If you have any comments or questions, yes, um, questions this since we're all here or any, you can hit us up at NSNM Podcast or with the hashtag NSNM. You can also email us for a more thought out thing. No sir, no ma'am at gmail.com or you can hit us up at no sir, no ma'am.saraha.com to hashtag fix your life. Mm-hmm. You can also just leave a comment in the SoundCloud. It really helps us when you leave a comment. Yeah. Because then people see that they can leave comments and we like to read comments yeah. about the stuff that we ramble about. Yeah. Um, any final recommendations, disclaimers? Um... I watched End of the Fucking World, finally. Okay. I wa- Oh, my God. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm so excited about something else. But please go ahead. It was very good. Right? I liked it. Right? Yeah, I liked it's it very so much. It's so cute. It was not what I expected. It's, it, it can't be what you expected. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it was just, really good. it's weird. But, yeah. Um, uh, my recommendation is that... But do you respond to the com- those comments, though? Yeah, very shady. shady. My recommendation, as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted by uh-huh. my body, um, is um, somebody recommended this to me. It's a documentary on Netflix called How Gay is Pakistan? And it's about this guy. I guess he's like a social media personality from okay. Pakistani British okay. who goes to Pakistan to look into you know, the gay community in Pakistan, like, how are Mm -hmm. they living and what are some of the dangers they face and what's the society think of homosexuality and gay people and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. I haven't finished it yet because I have three kids. Okay. Um, (laughs) Not mine, but a name. And uh, so it's hard to, like, watch something while they are screaming in my ear. Um, So I haven't finished it, but it is very interesting and I recommend that people watch it. Okay, I'm definitely going to watch that. I was going to say I finally got into Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and now I really <gasps> love it. Because I, yes! I was like, I don't get it. It's so mean. It. It's and then, so funny. I was like, it's so silly. I don't like it. And then I saw that episode where Titus gets a new job where he needs to dress at like a werewolf. And he yes. walks around and he's like, hmm, people are nicer <laughs> to me as a werewolf than when I was a black man. Okay. Black man. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw I, that and I was like, okay, okay, I can I can that. fucks with this. It's cool. That show. Um, so much. Oh my god, not really a recommendation, um, but kind of an update on you know how I talked about uh, Amara La Negra who's on mm-hmm. Love and Hip Hop Miami? I follow her now. Right? Isn't she yeah. everything? Yeah. I like <laughs> She's her. She's so lit. I like her very um, much. She was on The Breakfast Club. Oh. Like maybe two weeks ago. And that didn't yeah. go well. Because um, Charlemagne... Uh, 
it was it was a mess and I really salute her for constantly trying to educate people like when people come at her sideways her response yeah. is always it's to educate to try to like you know ease them into it and educate and whatever and I honestly don't know where she gets the energy or the patience um mm-hmm. but kudos to her I uh, don't understand it. how Charlemagne can be so ignorant I feel like he does it on purpose I think he does it on purpose yeah I think he does it for I like think I really think so because he Mom said can. some fucked up shit. <laughs> like he said some really crazy stuff um, at that right. interview. I don't expect anything from DJ Envy because he just looks dumb. But Charlemagne, Charlemagne is constantly being educated by people, and yet constantly. somehow manages. And you know what's really crazy is that he's surrounded by some really woke, educated, knowledgeable people who constantly try to teach him and, That's you, what I'm you know, saying. get him He's to do better. He's being taught by these people and somehow manages to erase everything, min mukhu, the moment they stop talking. Like, how, how can this girl come into your studio and she's like, yeah, um, there is obviously... Um, she was saying that she wanted to cross over and whatever, but it's really difficult. And he was like, well, what about mm-hmm. Cardi B? And she's like, I was just talking about I colorism can't. in the Latin community. Like, are you even listening and to me? And he's like, are you are saying you that Cardi B is like lighter than you? <laughs> like, are yeah, you? Do well, you have eyes? That's what he's doing on purpose. That's why I think he's doing it on purpose. Because it's like, I don't that's get it. so dumb. I, I don't get it. And then she was like talking some more about colorism and trying to explain herself and she's like you know it's it's a fact like you've been in this industry and you know what it you is know. and yeah. it's harder for dark-skinned women and he was like well what about SZA well what about Issa Rae and like I don't want to talk about Charlemagne anymore okay never mind I just I, I just felt really bad for the girl because I really love her and she's great yeah. Um, um, I think that's so, it, unless people yeah. have like questions or something. No, I'm good. I'm certainly good. You're good. Um, okay. Yeah. I, we've been like we've on here for like two hours. Khalas <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, see you next time. Bye. Goodbye.